Welcome back to another week of Meredith with Why. And Allison is here bringing all the hot topics. And today we're diving into masculine and feminine and all of the good stuff. So stay with us. Hello, everyone. This is Meredith with a Y, and I am your host, Meredith Willett. Today we are going to go deep, changing lives, and I am giving you the keys to the castle. Allison, thanks for doing this with me again. It just seems to be steamrolling ahead. And today you're wanting to talk about divine feminine and masculine and all those things. So thanks for being here with me. Yes, I love it. We're recording on a rainy Saturday morning in our jammies. So this this is (laughs) all the good feels today. (laughs) Yeah. I said it's coffee to work with Allison and Meredith today. And today we're going to talk about some other things. (laughs) (laughs) Coffee. So pour yourself a cup and let's go. Mm-hmm. So I had an experience the other day that that made me want to talk about masculine and feminine. I had a speaking gig and it was to handful, maybe, you know, 20 women entrepreneurs. So I walked in the room and I'm getting ready to talk about, you know, what I do in business and in real estate. And the vibe when I walked in that room was, man, there are some strong women in this room, super strong, very masculine vibe. And I just thought to myself, as I, I was just, I was reflecting on it, like after I, I was leaving and just thinking to myself, wow, like, is this the masculine and, and feminine energy? Like, what is this all about? This is something we need to talk about. Like, is this a situation where the women in the room feel like they need to be masculine to be a leader? Is there a part of us all that is more masculine or feminine? I think obviously the answer is is yes to that. But I don't know, my mind just started going around this topic. And do I need to be masculine to be a leader? Do I need to be, you know, who do I need to be and what does that look like? And and why do we have these big swings in energy between masculine and feminine? So that was a mouthful, but I'll put the ball in your court because I'm sure you've got lots of flashes coming to you. Of, of course I do. As you're talking, I'm like, ding, 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 what's happening up in my brain? <laughs> so the, the interesting thing about all this is basically it's so societal, right? It's so cultural in one society feminine may be looked at as demure or, you know, the person that takes care of the children in the house. And in another country, a woman might be the warrior. In history, we look at back at women who have done, you know, the Joan of Arcs, right? The Harriet Tubmans, where where they are really stepping into what we could almost consider in this day and age as a masculine role. And so as you were just talking, I was seeing how our society and the patriarchy and capitalism really benefits off of the feminine role and the masculine role and how we have deemed God as being a masculine entity and how these are very clear-cut roles that everyone is playing. And what I have learned over the past couple of years is that really stepping into a blend of both equally as being the goal of life, really kind of owning both sides, but not necessarily deeming one as better or stronger or more desirable. 
and leaving the other one behind because that is a weakness, if you will. Mm -hmm. So I've done many videos on social media about the LGBTQ plus community and how that community really teaches us that gender is very fluid. Okay. And I've been learning a lot about like the transgender and birth and being born and you can have an XY, you can have an XYY, you can have an X with no Y. And we as a, a society have decided to pick a gender at birth or whatever, because it makes us comfortable. We want to know, are you a boy? Are you a girl? Are you supposed to fill a masculine role? Are you supposed to wear makeup and a skirt? Are you supposed to go off to work? Now, when I do talk to clients, especially in relationships, one thing that I find with regard to the masculine energy is that it is very in line with more of like the hunting, providing a lot of times, and the feminine role can be caregiver, you know, the person that makes children, the person that sews and knits, whatever you want to say, right? And I think that we have to look at how society has programmed us to believe that these roles are not only real, but they are clear cut, that that they are, I don't even know how to say it, that they are not fluid. Mm-hmm. They are not fluid. Right. And, and so what are we talking about when we talk about divine feminine and masculine energies and how it plays in the body and and why does it even matter? And I think the long and the short of that is we need to understand that we have a lot of preconceived notions about these energies. If we were to travel the world, I think that our minds would open quite a bit. But I feel that where we're at right now in American society, or maybe even the most of the world, right, the quote, Western world, is that stepping into a very masculine boss bitch role is what's needed, right? We're, we're trying to figure out how do I make a female more empowered? Well, let's call her a boss bitch, right? A boss babe. And, you know, it's probably what you're referencing when you walked into the room of that seminar that you were in. Mm-hmm. And so I, th- I think what we need to do is just kind of throw it up in the air and see where it lands moving forward and kind of open our minds to the fact that, you know, my <laughs> my husband, you know, he'll he and I'll be joking and he's like, Yeah, I got balls, right? Like he's joking, I got balls. And I'm like, I don't know how to tell you this. And I'm sure people have heard this before. I'm like, but all those things need to do is be flicked and you're on your knees. I'm like, I delivered a whole 10 pound baby out of my lack of balls. And <laughs> uh <laughs> And I I did get a little bit more graphic than that, but I'm like, no offense, but a vagina is way more powerful than balls. So I'm not really sure where that came from. (laughs) But I think that we need to kind of like throw all this shit up against the wall and and see what actually sticks and makes sense. Because I kind of think we have it a little backwards by way of the church and the patriarchy, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting what you're saying too, because it's like, we have these two societal norms, a man and a woman, and we associate femininity with a woman and we associate masculinity with a man. And I think 
that is, I guess that's one of the main things that I have curiosity around. It's like, okay, I know each, you know, a man and a woman are each made of masculine and feminine qualities and a mix of them, right? Everybody has a different sort of makeup, if you will, energetically with what they bring to the table. And, you know, maybe that's a good place to start is just to kind of talk about what is femininity as an energy, as a, like, how does that express itself in a human? And then the same thing with masculinity, because it's not male or female, yeah, it's masculine feminine are very different, you know, creation versus, you know, just different energies. So I would love to hear how when you look at that, what you see. When you just said, what is femininity? The vision that popped in my head was the plus sign. So that's an actually a really interesting way that they just pose that. So if, if femininity is a positive charge and and masculinity is a negative charge, right? The combination of the two of them would be a neutral charge. So when they just showed me that, we then go back to the society. We go back to programming that positive means positive and negative means negative. But what they're showing here is it's just a charge. Like without the negative charge, you know, we would have an atom that was just positively charged. There would be no neutrons. It would not, it would be like an out of whack uh, element. And so if we are looking at femininity as being the positive charge and masculinity as being a negative charge, it creates this neutrality moving forward when it is in in complete balance. So when Mm. we're looking at it from an energetic point of view, as far as humanity, one without the other is imbalanced. Yes. Okay. So if we're looking at the positive charge, let's, let's really kind of hone in on what is femininity. Because femininity is more than nurturing. It's more than taking care of kids. It's more than being soft. When I look at it, the way that they show it, it's more of a holding energy. It's, a, it's an energy that holds. It's an energy that empowers. It's an energy that plays a role on this planet that creates. So we're talking about creation. We're talking about intuition. Mm. We're talking about gut instinct. And none of those things are weak. When we look at masculinity, I lean into that negative charge, right? Which which unfortunately negative in our society means negative, but it's not. We're looking at an energetic charge here of of the negative charge for a masculinity energy that is really standing on the earth. It's empowerment in the sense of knowing who you are. It's fighting for safety. It's wanting to tackle new feats. It's, as I look at it, um, exploration. And when I look at the feminine side of those exact same words, it's creating a space that is yours. So whereas the masculine wants to seek a place to exist, right? So like land, if you will, right? The feminine then seeks to create a grounded space of what would be home. So the balance between the two of those, if it were inside of one human being, right, which it is, There's going to be the part of you who seeks to find a place to live 
And then the feminine side of you finds that place and creates a home with it or creates a space to live within. Right. And so those characteristics can exist inside of one person, obviously. And because of the fact that we have so many different challenges as human beings and we have different roles, you know, we can do it all, but it would make sense in a partnership for people to pick roles to make life a little bit easier. They're showing me in this moment, it's almost like a leaning into that makes sense. For example, I'm on a lake right now, literally, and there's swans. And so there are only two swans per lake. It's kind of fascinating, to be honest with you. And so the swan, the female swan is laying on a nest and is there literally 24-7. I don't think this swan has moved at all in like a month. And you see the male swan just cruising around um, the entire lake all the time and probably getting food and bringing it back to the female swan. So I think by way of necessity of, you know, it doesn't really make sense to have an eight month pregnant female human running around, you know, hunting where she would make more sense to be at home in a safe space and he brings the food home. So like by way of, you know, logic, I think Mm -hmm. a lot of the roles have been created by way of, you know, science and anatomy and physiology and all those things that make roles make sense. Right. But, you know, if that eight-month pregnant woman's husband or partner had passed away, she would be out there hunting because she is equally capable of that, just like a man is equally capable of taking care of children. So I think a lot of our roles obviously have come out of convenience and the physical making sense of, you know, what we lean into and what we are doing as human beings has created more of this line where as we are moving into, you know, 2020, 20 to the year 2000 and IVF and, you know, single parents and blended families and LGBTQ plus families and roles. We're recognizing that we have the ability to morph both our masculine and feminine quote gender roles that have been prescribed to us by way of convenience and it making it make sense into a more blended, fluid experience on this planet. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you're that you're kind of going there because what I keep having sort of flashing in my head is mm-hmm. so a lot of women that I know that are very strong leaders and just, you know, the boss bitch type of personality that you're talking about tend to now not all of them, but a, a lot of them tend to have husbands that I would consider maybe are in a little bit more of their feminine or maybe take a little bit more of a backseat. So, you know, is the balance between those two people, I guess I sort of see that as like an ebb and flow, right? Like you have the oil and the water in a cup and depending on how you mix it up is sort of like, it's always there. It's just like, who is having a little bit more of that masculine energy. It's like, okay, if this person has more, that person needs to have less. Like it always, like you said, there's a positive and a negative, and then you need to find the neutral space. When you look at situations like that, is is that kind of what you see? Or is there, I mean, I'm sure there's imbalances, right? Between it, but 
is somebody sort of like making up for the other person or is it more of a situation where everybody's finding their their neutral yeah I think everyone is fighting their neutral. I think that we have definitely swung the pendulum for women towards the masculine and we're working towards swinging the the male role to more of the feminine, right? Be in touch Mm -hmm. with your feelings. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be uh, taking care of children as a primary caregiver because there are single dads, right? There are stay-at-home dads now. There are women leaning into being the primary moneymaker of the household, And so I think that we're like, like I said, swinging the pendulum from what is that, that TV series, Mad Men, where, you know, the women stay at home and the wife and they have the drink waiting for their husband of the 50s and women are just demure and, you know, they're prescribing, what was it like? like literally Coca-Cola and Quaaludes back in the 50s, which I mean... To think that you could, I think you can get quaaludes at the, you know, the local pharmacy. It's like, it keeps the wife happy, Um, you know, like, and the husband comes home and kicks the dog and reads the newspaper and whatever, right? Like, that's the, that's where we're coming from. And so then as we move into the, you know, using the birth control pill and women being able to control and have family planning and control whether or not they want to have children and control getting into the workforce after world war two. And, you know, realizing, well, holy shit, I can build a car just as much as a man. Right. So we have that empowerment. And then, you know, women start going more and more to college and then getting advanced degrees, becoming doctors and, and lawyers and, and astronauts and, you know, Supreme court justices, like, Right. So we're like kind of like have been baby stepping over the past 50 years of leaving the kitchen and recognizing we don't have to have children. We can have careers or we can have both. And I think that we saw that probably 20 years ago, the I can do it all. I can have it all attitude. Right. And then now I think that we're really been seeing, you know, this whole, I don't need to get married. I don't need to have children. I can have a career. I don't need a man at all. So I think we're definitely have swung to the 180 of the 1950s female and male roles. And so when you're talking about the, you know, the oil and water, what they're showing me inside of that. And again, if you're new here, they are going to be spirit guides, channel message. You know, I'm basically just tapping into source energy. And what they're showing me is that there's always going to be almost like, even if it's 5149, you know, there's always going to be kind of a little bit more of a lean to when it comes to a, a relationship, a couple, or even inside of self. It's very, when I make a human being equally 50% positive and 50% negative charge, right? So equally feminine and masculine at the exact t- same time. And what they're showing me in this moment is fascinating because just so everyone knows, I have no idea what Allison's going to ask me when we start these damn things. Like she just comes, she just comes with topics and no one knows what she's going to bring. But they show me when it actually hits 50-50. So equally divine feminine, equally divine masculine, equally positive and negative charge to one human being. There's an explosion that actually occurs. And the only thing that I can describe it is, is a Christ consciousness. 
so when I'm looking at this and I play with the energy and I and I coax it, literally coax it into a 50%, 50% equal charge, it is an instantaneous explosion of yellow, gold, and white light. And they instantly show me this Christ consciousness wherein you have found perfect balance and harmony within that human experience. Mm, that's so interesting. It's really, really cool to look at. And, and so I'm, I'm asking living. why, right? Like why? Yeah. And what they're showing me is it's because, because you've, you've dove so deeply into experiencing all of life, all of reality. And it is, it is the end all be all knowledge, knowing, awareness, awakening, wherein you have had all of the experiences on this planet that your soul needs to. And what I'm seeing in this moment, which is so fascinating, is that all of the reincarnations that you will experience on this planet and otherwise are here to bring both balance of the divine masculine, of the feminine, into one soul wherein true equality is attained and thus you will not have to come back. Mm. But you cannot get to this equal 50-50, this, this true whole human, whole soul experience without all of the lessons, without all of the experiences. They're showing me it's literally impossible to get there without the experience of living as, you know, all colors, all cultures, all sexes. And through those things, through those true experiences, it's almost like they're showing me that it's like, it's like you acquire a millionth of a percentage, right? Of, of, of positive, if you will, right? And in in each little experience. So every time you experience a little bit more and you can experience something by way of another person. So you can learn by way of another person's experience. And so what they're showing me is, as we're moving into this age of Aquarius, what happens is, is we're all leaning more into our feminine so as to create balance because we've already lived on this planet, thousands, millions, whatever years, and so it's now the opportunity, now it's the turn to lean into the feminine experience of the soul so that by the end of the age of Aquarius, more and more souls have experienced enough of both sides of the energy. It's almost like they're showing me like a spectrum of color so as to create, it's almost like to create like this perfect atomic structure of the soul so that you can actually get to be pure love. Because if you think wow. about it, if you if you step so far into your masculine that you leave your your feminine behind, you're you know, you're just this gruff, focused, crazy person. And if you step so far into your feminine that you leave your masculine behind, you know, you're just like giving yourself bubble baths all day. Like it's just a, you know, like what are we doing here? And so we need to see and understand that each human being on this planet that is is experiencing humanity, the goal is to do both at the exact same time as best as possible in each experience 
uh, and each encounter that we we are in. So even in this moment, they're showing me like, even if you're going to kill an animal, right? So that's what they just showed me. You're going to kill an animal for food or whatever, you know, there still needs to be love inside of that encounter. Otherwise it's animalistic, right? Otherwise you might as well just be a lion. And so there needs to be grace for that animal and love for that animal and appreciation for that animal, even inside of this moment of violence. So in every moment, there can be both the equal of feminine and masculine. If we decide and we understand that when we step forward into every experience that we encounter, that we have balance, because Mm -hmm. then it will be a pure moment, no matter what it is. Wow. Right? I love that. Great. When you talk about the animal, it makes me think of Native American culture and how some types of cultures have sort of rituals around things like that. And to me, that feels sort of like deep knowledge when you start to talk about that type of thing, about, you know, killing an animal, but then at the same time, you know, like you said, having love for it or really having, I guess it's the like the gratitude and appreciation, f- you know, for what you've done. You're not doing it to kill. You're doing it to, let's say, you know, feed your family or, you know, for something else that was intended to be of purpose. Yeah. So I think it's like the way that you think about things and the way you describe that is so interesting. And I think you can take that into anything, right? Like, we're not, most of us here in America are not out hunting and killing animals and doing rituals around it. We are going to work and coming home and trying to figure out like how, how do we as, you know, 21st century people, how do we bring that balance into our modern day life? You know, what can that look like? And that's a question I ask myself often and specifically right now I'm, I'm really focused on. So, I mean, to bring that to kind of like a modern day level, what do you, what do you see in that? Yeah. So I I think it's really about understanding that we have 24 hours in a day and we can't spend all of them boss bitching. You know, we can't spend all of them hunting. We can't spend all of them laying in a bathtub. We'll turn into a prune. So it has to be a balance of understanding that your 24 hours really needs to have balance between self-care, nurturing others, nurturing self, working, writing. And I've always said that, you know, there's a time for everything in life. You know, like when I have lots and lots of clients, I'm like, oh my God, it must be time to work. And then all of a sudden, crickets with the calendar. And then I'm like, oh, it must be time to rest or to read or to learn something new. Seasons. Yeah, seasons, seasons of life, seasons of the calendar, right? And I think that you can micro and macro anything as I talk about here, I think, in the past. And so if you micro and macro a year and you say, okay, it's time to really get down and dirty and work. Now it's time to read. Now it's time to rest. You can also do that within a moment. You can do that within a day. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, within a 24-hour period of time, there's a time to rest. There's a time to eat. There's a time to work. And I think so much in Western culture, you know, and, you know, even in like China, you know, you read about these, these people in, in Asian culture that are just really focused on overworking. There's like, they work like 16, 17 hours a day, sleep in their car, sleep at the office and that imbalance and how that brings the body in imbalance and creates stress 
anxiety, depression, illness, cortisol levels spiking. And so when you look at the body and you say, is my life inside of balance or is it out of balance? And so I would look at how do I spend my day? Do I have leisure time? Am I spending time outside? Am I eating the right foods? Or am I just working? Or am I just partying all the time? Or am I working and then partying, but I'm not really eating good food? And so we need to look at both the nurture and the, you know, the hunter, the party or the worker as like, I need to make my 24 hours be balanced. And it's interesting because when I'm looking at sleep, so like as I'm talking, I'm also like looking at different things in my mind's eye of like, okay, then what the hell's sleep, right? <laughs> like, what what is that? And what they're showing me in this moment, and I'm just so blessed to have them because I'm not this smart. <laughs> what they're showing me in this moment is that the most balanced that you are is when you sleep mm-hmm. because your ego your mind is taken out of it. And so when you sleep, you are the most balanced in that time because you are kind of out of the driver's seat. And so you spend some of your time dreaming, relaxing and floating and, you know, all of those lovely smelling flowers. And then they also have you accomplishing things. So the more you sleep, fascinating, just freaking freaking fascinating. So like, they're like, when you (laughs) sleep, (laughs) when you sleep, this is why it's so important because it takes your 24 hours. Let's say you sleep for 10 hours a day, only 14 hours of your day are completely imbalanced because we have balanced (laughs) the other 10 and we have taken that out of your hands. So you don't completely screw yourself up. (laughs) And so I, I just can't, that's so fascinating. And so What I would say is like, when you're sleeping, you're refinding your balance. If we never slept, it's like a reset button. Like, okay, we're going to put her in bed. We're going to put him in bed and we're going to re, oh, we're going to recharge them. Mm -hmm. We're going to bring them to net neutral is what they're showing. So when you sleep, you are the most balanced energetically charge equality, right? And it's almost like plugging into the earth. You're plugging into the solar system. You're plugging back into that balance so that when you wake up, you know, they say that like at 10 a.m., like early in the morning, that is when you are the most inspired, the most creative. That's when people should write, pay their bills, accomplish. Your brain is most centered, focused, clear-headed, and they're like, no shit, because we just balanced you over the past three, four, eight, ten hours. And so when you wake up in the morning, that is when you are most yourself to who you are trying to get to. And then you humans go and screw it all up <laughs> programming and with your ideas of how you're supposed to live your life. They're showing me in this moment that actually... A job should not last more than six hours a day, Mm. which if you think about that, now, mind you, this is not coming from Meredith. This is what they're showing me. And if you think about that and your hours of being awake, right, are 12, 
it would make very much sense that you should not have any sort of work of job that is longer than six hours because you would then automatically create imbalance, which would mm-hmm. make you a worse employee, a worse student. So doing homework, bad idea, which we just talked about school last week and education. Yep, imbalance. Imbalance. We are actually creating hyper imbalanced humans that are less productive, that are less intelligent, that are more unhealthy. This is fascinating. This is fascinating. Yeah. You, you you can push me over with a feather right now. I'm I'm just amazed what they're showing. I would have never ever looked at this in a million years. Thank God for you, Allison. <laughs> <laughs> we have balance. We have balance. I think that's so interesting. It's funny too to take that back to you know just kind of a a, a practical level too for for every day. I always say you know. I run a couple of businesses and I always say you really don't ever get more than 25 hours out of any, any employee. I truthfully think it makes more sense to have a part-time schedule because outside of that, the productivity is gone. You, you just can't like the, the balance is not there. Like you said, and, and then, so why do we do this? You know, we push ourselves so far. We, our pendulum swings so far in each direction because of this programming that we have they're showing me it has to do with the the swing shift so if you go back to the industrial worker you know that was working in the steel mill you had seven to three three to three to seven and seven to eleven right we had three shifts of workers working in a plant and the plant had to run continuously for whatever reason i'm sure because the furnaces were on right and so we got the most work out of employees by putting them on these these uh, 24 divided by three, eight. And then we just pushed and said, work days, eight hours a day. And so eight times five is 40 hours a week. And we're literally just running on the past instead of running on psychology and physiology and, and new age understanding that we don't need to. I mean, COVID was the best example when, I mean, not for nothing, but I'm just going to say this. I know people who normally have to work eight hours a day. But if you put them inside that COVID experiment, they really only needed to work from like, I don't know, nine to three. And then at three o'clock when the meetings and the conversations were all done and they had accomplished all they needed to accomplish, what would happen is, is that then they can go for a walk with their kids or go to the grocery store, coach Little League, right? So then you look at it and now everyone's back to work. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing from three to five? You're right. pushing papers around. You're, you know, yeah, you're hobnobbing over at the uh, the coffee machine or you're dicking around over at the uh, cubicles, right? And playing grab ass with everybody. You know, we're really not accomplishing anything. If we actually inspired people to want to come to work and to want to accomplish, I'm pretty sure everyone would work probably like 10 to ten to three nine to six, you know, I mean, I'm sorry, nine to three and and be done with it. Right. And some people are working the evening. Some people might like working three to nine better, you know, but we, the old school, right. Like the boomers that are running these companies. I remember my, my uncle, oh my God, he owned a couple car dealerships and my husband and my brother went to work for him. And my husband is great at like analytics and sales calls and scheduling and 
actually GM incorporated what he came up with. I'm sure, you know, it's, it's not my brain surgery, but they started using it throughout all of the GM dealerships. And my uncle and, and the old time managers, right? I used to sell cars. They used to be so annoyed with my husband because all he did was sit behind a computer, right? Well, what, what he was doing is he was tracking phone calls and coming up with plans and all this stuff. And my uncle's paying my husband and he's like, you know, you're just, all you do is sit at the computer all day. Everyone's like, all Jim does is sit at a computer all day. They wanted him outside pulling weeds and, and brushing snow and moving cars. They wanted to see action because in their old school mind, action equaled work. If you're moving and you're walking and you're doing, and granted, those things also need to be done. But the old school way of thinking is if you're not here for eight hours, you are taking advantage of my salary I'm paying you. If you're sitting behind a computer, and this goes back to what we talked about last week with regard to education. Shit's changing. Yeah. Chat GPT, AI, um, you can voice text, you can voice type, you can, books are being read to us. Like things are changing. And so we also need to recognize that the imbalance of, you know, people working night shifts, the imbalance of people working all day, coming home for one hour to eat, to see their families for one hour and then go to bed and just do it all over the next day, living for the weekend, right? That is not going to work anymore. It's not, it never did work, but it's well, obvious. It totally doesn't work now. Yeah. Well, and I think what you're saying about like kind of the rhythm of the day is really interesting too, because you, you know, you were saying if, if people could choose to go to work, they'd probably be there from nine or 10 till three. Well, I work in an office where people can come and go whenever they want. And guess when people are in the office, 10 to three, I don't see, I don't really see anybody in the office before nine, usually not before 10. And then after three, there's no one there. That yeah. is when people are in the office, when they have the choice and not that people aren't there, you know, a little bit in and out, right. but just it's just funny how there is a natural rhythm. And when you when you talk about the three o'clock hour, I always think about, you know, we have a circadian rhythm in mm -hmm. our human body to where there is like a, <laughs> our body is literally telling us around three o'clock, like, hey, break time. Go take a rest. Right. Like, so we're built with this. And I that to me is such an interesting piece because I'm always sort of intrigued by the mind-body connection, sort of science and spirituality and how it all is kind of one to me. That's super interesting. So I guess when you look at the rhythms, right, the natural rhythms that we have as humans, like within our bodies, within the energetics that we have and this sort of masculine and feminine piece, like how, how do they incorporate together? Or like, what is that, you know, that three o'clock or that rhythm really mean? Yeah. Well, what's so interesting too is there are so many cultures that follow this. Yeah. That go and work early in the morning and then they take a siesta or they take a break. You know, every culture calls it something different for, you know, people, Americans are amazed at like go to, I think it's like Italy and you know, like no shops are open for like two, three hours in the middle of the day. Everyone's like, where'd they go? Well, they're at home eating lunch and resting and spending time with their family. And then they come back and then they work in the evening. You know, there are a lot of cultures that respect this and that that honor the body system and honor rest and recovery. We, however, do not. And so I think that as we start really understanding the feminine and masculine energies that we are made up of equally, 
and that men do want to be at home coaching and making dinner and taking care of their families. And women do want to be able to go and be out in the workforce and be creative and, you know, find things that they like to do that's not being at home or having children. We're going to be forced into this balance. And that will then force, because I, I you know, the more women that are business owners, you know, just like even us having this conversation, you know, I know, like you said, you own multiple businesses. As more women figure this out and step into places of power, I believe that more of these ways will be implemented in the workforce because they want to be home. You know, I remember when I was a single mom and I went to my boss and I said, look, I need to pick my kids up from school at three o'clock. And so I would go into work. I'd drop the kids off at school, what, 8.15, driving to go to work all day, finish my day, jump in the car, drive to school and pick them up from school. And then after they went to bed at eight o'clock at night, I'd work for a couple hours to make up the difference of those hours. You know, so like there is a way to make this happen. In my experience, it was kind of forced because I was the primary caregiver for my my young children. But I think that we need to lean into this even a little bit more and say, okay, we need to stop thinking of this as, oh, she's leaving work early to take care of your kids and lean into it and say, this actually makes sense for the human body, human experience. And so that we don't have kids in after-school programs at you know daycare all the time or home alone. There's a reason for all of these things. And we need to start paying attention to a more balanced society, a more balanced family, a more balanced human self to get to that point where we are both masculine and feminine and respect both. Yes. Yeah. And that it can be a win, win, win situation, you know, taking Mm -hmm. it to a level. Like it doesn't need to mean that just because we have balance that you're then like we talked about like the productivity in a day, right? Like just because you're only only quote unquote working, let's say five to six hour day, your productivity level can be the same as or better than someone who is working a longer day. So I think there's just we're we're operating under old rules right now. Hundred percent. Old- you know what they just showed me? It's so funny. They're like, if you have a small purse you will pick the perfect items for that purse. You'll have one lip gloss, right? You're like tiny little wallet. You don't need every credit card. You don't need a whole checkbook, right? You'll have your keys, but maybe not a keychain, right? You know how to whittle it down and to get into this tiny purse, right? But if you have a big, huge purse, you gotta, you're gonna have a hairspray in there, maybe a pair of ballet flats, right? Like a book, maybe even a, a an umbrella, right? Like this purse, you will fill that son of a bitch up, right? Like it will be packed. And so what they're showing me as you were talking, it's like, yeah, and the workday is no different, right? You just fill eight hours of shit, but you really only needed six or five of those hours. If you, And if you planned your day accordingly to, hey, I'm going to be here from 10 to 3, you're going to get down to brass tacks and pick the phone calls you need to make and the emails you need to make and whittle those meetings down from an hour and a half to 30 minutes and really get through it because you know that you're only there for five to six hours. And so you're going to be very honed in on what it is that I need to do in this meeting or this day. 
instead of just filling it with shit that you might need or might need to do or just a bunch of nonsense. And it's just like, it's the purse. Life is the purse. That's such a good example. I love that. And then you got it too. When you're filling that purse up, right? You're picking your favorite lip gloss. You're picking your most coveted, you know, scent or whatever. Like Mm -hmm. you're picking things. So everything in there is something that is curated and something you love. Right. So I think that's similar too. when you, when you focus, you're really, like you said, kind of hitting the big rocks, you're hitting the things that are important. That make sense that you are drawn to. So i love that example. I think it's so good. So good. And I love this conversation. It's just, so applicable, I think so relatable, probably for so many people, because this is everyday life. This is the nuance of everyday life. I mean, as we're talking to him, like, of course, my brain's just like going nutso over here. And I'm like, oh, my God, I need to call my husband and have him ask because like, you know, he he works for the White Sox. And so he has, you know, 20 somethings or his primary salespeople. Right. So he's got a gaggle of 20 somethings working for him. And by the way, they don't know who Fonzie is. They don't know who like Three's company is. Like, so all of his old like quips that he would use in sales training are completely lost on them at this point. But I'm like interested to see if he were (laughs) so funny. I'm interested to see if he asked them, like, if you had a choice to work nine to three or like three to nine or do like a split shift, like who would choose what hours? And if they think, and I would be interested to see if their productivity would improve. And because if you think about it, I'm actually finding it kind of interesting as I'm playing with it too, because if you think about it, most people are home in the evening. So those people that are choosing to work later on in the day, because maybe they really enjoy kayaking. And so they'd like to like go out and be in the weather all day and then work in the evening because they have nothing better to do. And it's better than sitting at a bar, honestly. So I'm just interested to see like if that were to be a really good idea. I'm going to I'm going to ask him about it. I think that could be interesting. The pushback, though, is, is that the old timers that have always done like, hey, you work nine to five or you're stealing from the company. The pushback, I think, is going to be pretty would be pretty profound, you know, because they you know, they wanted to do like a hybrid schedule. And that uh-huh. got when that got vetoed, unfortunately, because I think that you know, just like the hybrid schedule and all of these things, we're moving towards that. What you're seeing by way of COVID, what we're seeing by way of people saying, look, I want to work hybrid and all of these things, we can work remote. We can do a a podcast across states. You know, this is where we're headed. And if you want to be a successful business owner, especially if you have employees, this podcast is probably one of the most important episodes you will ever listen to because you are going to be leaps and bounds ahead of other companies, business owners, and the way life is in general. And I would say the next 10 years. Completely agree. And something I keep feeling feeling called to share about that too, it's a perfect dovetail, is that the example that I started with this morning about, you know, speaking at this event, the I would say the average age of the woman in that room was probably close to 60, late 50s. And I think the reason it really hit me so much was because I tend to work with women who are, let's say, mid 30s to to 40 is kind of like the range of a lot of women entrepreneurs I typically work with. And being in this room of women who had an older median age, I think was really interesting because 
the sense of masculinity that I was feeling, I think was to me watching those women think that the way that they had to be bosses was to be a man was playing old rules. Whereas now, even just, I mean, that's not, you know, going from, let's say, you know, 58 down to 38, that's not huge as far as like how much time has gone by. Right. But if you think about the, the change, like the change that I see in the way that women are leading companies in that lower age range is tremendously different. It's, it's much more from a feminine place. Yeah. It's I'm in place. It's much more from a place of flexibility of, you know, about productivity, not about time spent on task. And it is, it's just, it's changing. Everything is changing. And my God, you know, so then what does that look like for the, the 28 year old, for the 24 year old, who's a business owner? I mean, I work with a business owner here locally in town who is, I think he's 24 and he is, is crushing it and he is doing everything so quote unquote new age right where like everybody's remote there's flexible workspace you everybody is super autonomous there are just it's so different and i do i really think that it is it's just where we are it's where we're headed it's where we are we just need to catch up to it yeah i mean even when i look at like some of these women on tiktok and stuff like that they're business owners or lawyers And this one gal, she was like going to court and she's like putting on her skin tight black leather skirt and she's got her long pointy nails and like her bright red lipstick and like just they don't give a shit. They're like, my clothes do not define me. They're just clothes. It's a way to express myself, but it doesn't define who I am as a person. Like, and I think that we're 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 going to go in that direction where the old school, you know, blue suit. It was funny. I had a client a couple of weeks ago and I'm like you know, the blue suit. And she's like, oh my God, I literally just bought two blue suits. I'm like, just go throw them in the garbage. Like, <laughs> you know, like just stop it. You don't want to wear that anyway. So I, th- I think we're absolutely heading in the right, right direction. If you're a business owner or if you know someone that owns a business or you know a boss, send them this and say, look, hey, fast forward to this part if you need to, but this is where we're heading. And if you want to get ahead of the game, this episode is for you. But I appreciate you bringing this topic as I appreciate you bringing all the topics, Allison, but this was especially good. You never know what we're going to get. You know, you start with an idea and it just completely, you know, goes Christ consciousness. I mean, who knew? Who knew we'd end up, but it's always good. It always pushes us in the right direction. I love it. I love it so much. Well, thank you so much for being here again this week. I appreciate it. And like, let's see what we're going to get into next week. I mean, God only knows, literally. (laughs) We'll, We'll know when it happens. Exactly. Well, everyone out there, you guys have a good week and we'll see you back here next Tuesday. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect on a more personal level, head over to MeredithWillits.com or on Instagram at Meredith with a Y for behind the scene footage and outtakes. Please subscribe and come back each week for more Meredith with a Y. Thanks again for listening. Cheers. Cheers.